You're listening to a message from Pastor Kenny Garrett recorded at a live service at the General Baptist Church God's House of Prayer located in Fairborn, Ohio. Please stand with me and turn to 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians chapter 12. And uh, I want to talk about a man who experienced the most wonderful change in his life that a man can experience. So as we look, I want to talk a little bit about the Apostle Paul. Please look with me now in 2 Corinthians chapter 12. I want to read uh, the Lord willing just verse number 6. Paul said, For though I would desire to glory, I shall not be a fool. For for I will say the truth now, I forbear, lest any man should think of me above that which he seeth me to be, or heareth of me. Father, I again come before you with thankful hearts to stand once again behind your pulpit this morning, Lord, and to endeavor to bring forth a message from your word. I pray, Lord, for leadership and guidance. And Father, though I do not quite understand why you give me such a message to preach today, but nevertheless, I'll mind you, Lord, and I'll not try to make any changes, Father. I'll just let the Holy Spirit lead. For Father, I know if there be anything said that would be of encouragement or a blessing or would help someone that's struggling today, it must all come from you. Now use me in a way that you'll be pleased, and Father, I'll not fail to step back and Look unto you and give you praise. And I'll ask once again that you'll stand with me and help me today in this time that's allotted to me. And I'll thank you for it in Jesus' name. And amen. 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 I thought about this. We have, uh, for the past year, we have in our, in put, forth, put forth our efforts to try to help men and women to see their needs for the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ in their lives and that they would come and accept Him as their Savior. And I know that for, for many that are struggling today, it's hard for you to understand. And you see, that, that, is, that is, that's understandable that it's hard for you to understand if you grasp what I'm saying. It's understandable that it's hard for you to understand before if you have never really uh, sought the Lord in your life and never really committed anything to Him and you've heard this preaching and that preaching and this teaching and that teaching and one doctrine and this doctrine and that doctrine and sometimes men and women can be so confused. Then I know that there are some that are in bondage to sin. Satan has has his grips on their lives and it's so hard for them to even begin to open up their hearts to the Lord Jesus Christ. I know a man who once struggled so deep in sin and uh, his life was a miserable wreck and his house and home and family was about to destroy it and his wife was ready to leave him and, and what, a, what a terrible state that he got in and had no place else to turn until he heard a preacher preaching the Word of God. And that preacher got up and he would just, every Sunday seemed like just tear that man apart and preaching right out of the pages of his life. 
But you see, it was necessary for him to see just where he stood. And that man was me. I remember those days and that uh, I would uh, just seamlessly have no concern about God, though, though I had had a, a previous history in my younger years of going to church and all that, and every Sunday morning from the age of five till I was drafted in the military, every Sunday morning we'd go to church. But you see, everything, Phil, that was said today uh, seemed like it just fell on death ears. Jesus talked about them. He said, you have ears to hear, but they hear not. They have eyes to see, and they see not. And see, that was me. That was me in my, my situation. Now, I'm not here to preach about Jim. That's just a testimony. The Apostle Paul preached his testimony. He said here in these scriptures, he said, though I would desire to glory, I'll not be a fool. Sometimes we like the glory, but... We really have nothing to glory in except the Lord Jesus Christ and His blood that He shed on Calvary. The glory and the salvation that we who have been born again now possess through the Lord Jesus Christ. But I want to talk about the Apostle Paul just for a few minutes, if I may. And here was a man in, who was feared and and, and people, even at the mention of his name, people would shudder because they were so afraid of this man. In Acts chapter 26, verses 1 through 7, Paul stands before Agrippa, and let me read these scriptures, and this is what I really was going to open with, but I decided to just open with that verse and then lead into this message today. Then Agrippa said unto Paul, Thou art permitted to speak for thyself. Then Paul stretched forth his hand and answered for himself. I thank thee, my, I, I thank myself happy, King Agrippa, because I shall answer for myself this day before thee, touching all the things where, whereof I am accused of the Jews, especially because I know thee to be expert in all customs and and, and questions which, which are among the Jews, wherefore I beseech thee to hear me patiently. My manner of life from my youth, which was at the first among my own nation at Jerusalem, know all the Jews, which knew me from the beginning, if they would testify that after the most strict sect of our religion, I lived a, Paris, a Pharisee. And now I stand and am judged for the hope of the promise made of God unto our fathers, unto which promises our twelve tribes instantly serving God day and night hoped to come, for, for, which, for which hope's sake, King Agrippa, I am accused of the Jews. But I want to get now where I want to go. Paul said of the most strict sect of my religion. Of the most strict sect of the, my religion. He said, I lived a Pharisee. But I want to go back to that, just a portion of that line, the most strict sect of my religion. 
Many people are very, very religious. And Brother Kenny, even in this season that we're in, people get real religious around this time of the year. Is that not so? Even we as Christians, we feel more, uh, more related to God, if you might say. We feel more enthused in this time about as we celebrate the birth of Christ. And a lot of people, they say, you know, really get more religious. Oh, God help us if we look unto religion to get us through. Religion will fail you. Religion will let you down. There's a great difference, and many people need to understand the difference between religion and salvation. There are many religions uh, sweeping across the world and even through our nation, and one thing after another just crops up one thing after another. Things that I've never even heard of, Mark, that they refer to as a religion. But we find no salvation. And I say to you today that you can only find salvation in the Lord Jesus Christ. You only find salvation in the Lord Jesus Christ and through Him. But here's Paul now. He's, he's raised the most strict sect of his religion. And Paul begins to uh, build somewhat of a reputation that uh, would uh, just seamlessly uh, so going against religion, <laughs> if, if I might say that. But here, here's Paul. First of all, in Acts chapter 7, verse 58, Saul uh, is named among the witnesses at the stoning of Stephen. He stands there and he looks upon the scene and I've heard people say that he even held the, the coats of those that stoned him, but I didn't read that in the scripture. That's not what I read. But And Saul is named one of the witnesses of the stoning of Stephen. And we move on along to Acts chapter 9, verses 1 and 2. We get a uh, more accurate description of this man and uh, how he goes about in what he thinks is service for the Lord. He's following his religious customs, his religious teachings, but Mark, they never brought him to a place where, where he would accept Christ as a Savior. These religious teachings did not do that. Acts chapter 9, verses 1 and 2, it says this, And Saul, yet breathing out threatenings and slaughter against the disciples of the Lord, went unto the high priest. In verse 2, And he desired of him letters from Damascus to the synagogues, that if he found any of this way, whether they were men or women, that he might bring them bound unto Jerusalem. If he found any of this way, what way is he talking about? The way of Christ, the teaching of the disciples, the ministry. Uh, of the Word of God and the Gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. If he found any of this way, 
he might bring them bound. Whether they be men or women, it didn't make any difference. And uh, of course, you know, as we go on down through and we get to verse 3, he's on his way now to Damascus. He's got arrest warrants and he's going to go arrest Christians and bring them back to Jerusalem, uh, you see, and he, he's going to cast, have them cast into prison. That's, that's what the, it's all about now. He goes to the chief priest. He gets the papers, the authority, or the arrest warrants, or however you want to look at it. He goes now, and he's going to bring them and back and cast them into prison. Well, it didn't make any difference whether it was women or children. But here's a change that's back about to take place. Now, before we get to this portion, let me say to those that may, uh, you may have uh, thumbed your nose at God and hee-hawed at the church and you've got so far away from God and, uh, and, and you're in terrible trouble. Let me tell you something. There can be a change made in your life. See, just as surely can tell you the change that was made in my life when I came to Christ. And this man who was hated and feared and people would tremble at his name and even as we get a little bit further down in the scriptures, we'll, we'll read a little bit of what Ananias had to say about him as we move on in these scriptures. But see, here's this man. Now, can you imagine this? A man who was so against the Lord Jesus Christ. And I say unto them that today would be against the Lord Jesus Christ. You have an opportunity to come to know Him. And let me tell you something, when that opportunity comes, you'll know it. You'll know it. See, now Paul's about to experience something. And sooner or later in your life, regardless of what you believe, what your religious, is, religious teachings might be, or what you thought about this or that, there'll come that place when you'll know the truth. But here's Saul now. And as he, I'm picking up now in verse 3, and as he journeyed and came near Damascus, he, and suddenly there shone, there shined round about him a light from heaven, let me tell you something, when the light of Christ shines in your life, you know it. <laughs> There's no light like that light. We're singing the beautiful star or whatever, but let me tell you something, when the light of Christ shines in your life, things are so much brighter. And let that light be a guiding light when it shines in your life. And he fell to the earth and heard a voice saying unto him, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? See, this, this more, more defines what type of man Paul was. Or Saul, before his name was changed to Paul. What, what type of man Saul was? Why persecutest thou me? How many times have you that are lost Persecuted the Lord Jesus Christ. Persecuted the church. Persecuted His people. You, what are you saying? Jesus says, when you've done it to the least of these, my brethren, you've done it unto me. 
And if we might reflect back that we as Christians, undoubtedly, though you want to put it far behind you, but you have to, but you certainly remember those days when you persecuted the Lord, when you persecuted the church, when you made a mockery of his word. But thanks be unto God when that glorious light shined round about you and the Lord spoke to your heart through the power of the Holy Ghost of God, you realized that there had to be a change in your life. And that's the point I'm talking about. That's the point I was talking about. When that time comes, you will know it. And when God speaks to your heart, there'll be no question. You don't need to run to Brother Kenny or Mark or myself or a brother or sister say, who is this? You'll know who it is when God speaks to your heart. You will know it. Now, he says, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? And he fell to the earth and heard a voice saying unto him, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? Why would you go on persecuting the Lord when he has forgiveness and pardon for you today? And he said, Who art thou, Lord? In verse 5. And the Lord said, I am Jesus whom thou persecutest. He goes on to say, it's hard for thee to kick against the pricks that were used to gouge the horses to get them to move along, to move a little faster, to get them to move forward. Jesus is, uh, is gouging and, and picking at your heart and saying, why don't you go forward? Why don't you come to me and accept me as your Savior? That's why I came into this world. That's why you just got through uh, celebrating my birth. I came into this world to seek and to save that which was lost. You remember when you fell under, we use that term conviction, when, when you begin to uh, uh, feel that and, and the Holy Ghost of God and spoke to you and the Word of God just kept gouging you and gouging you and gouging you. And showed you where you really were. And you fought against it. And you fought against it. Maybe, maybe you weren't like. Uh, maybe maybe with you it was not like it was with me. But I fought against it. And you know the first time I. First time Shirley ever got me to go to Free Will Baptist Church. I walked into church. And man I looked around. I said these people are crazy. Huh? Just some more. Persecution you know. Huh? But you see. The Lord kept, uh, he kept dealing with me. James, he kept working with me. He kept digging at me. And, and I'd get up and I'd go and I'd say, I'm not going back no more. I'm finished. I tell her, I'm not going back no more. But there was something about it. Again, now this is, I'm not preaching, Jim. I'm just telling you my testimony, you see, to emphasize the point of my message. I told her, I'm not going back no more, but you know where I'd find myself on <laughs> on the next service time. You know where I find myself, Kenny? Right back in the house of God. That was working and drawing and the wooing of the Holy Spirit to bring you 
to Christ. To bring you to the knowledge of the saving grace of Almighty God. And that was him just working and working and see. But uh, so many times people reject that and they turn that away. But uh, anyway, and he, he said, Who art thou, Lord? And, he said, and the Lord said, I am Jesus whom thou persecutest. It's hard for you to fight against the wooing and the drawing of the Holy Spirit and the Word of God, which is sharpened in a two-edged sword, cutting you all to pieces. I remember sitting there on those pews and, you know, the Word of God was just cutting me up and making me see, realize what I was. Well, you see, Charlie and I, and we had the five kids when we go to church. Now, I'm back to my testimony. I'm just emphasizing. We, we go to church and we, second row back, it was in that little house over on Spalding Road before they built the church. And we sat back there on that old hard wooden bench with the five kids. And, you know, we, every once in a while, we'd have to get up, take one out and bring it back in, make it sit down. And they learned real quick to behave and, in the house of the Lord. We thought, boy, we got to keep it. And I knew that when I was a kid, when I went to church or Sunday school, I better behave myself. I knew that. Even though mom and dad didn't take us, my sister, my sisters took me in. And we knew that when we went to the house of God, we had to behave ourselves. And we had no sense to teach our children that. But as time progressed along, and the invitation would be given, and you feel, you feel that drawing power, James, and, and the wooing of the Holy Spirit drawing us. But we'd grab a hold of a kid and we'd hold on for dear life. Kenny, I can't go to the altar because I got to hold this kid and make sure that he behaves himself. Well, this went on for about two weeks. Maybe in about the third week, I think Shirley will tell you, they got wise to us. And the day I came to the Lord, the preacher preached, and there he was. Again, preaching right out of the very pages of my life, telling everybody all about me. Prior to that, I, I, you know, I, I had jumped on Shirley and accused her of telling on me. Uh, but he was there, he was preaching. And then come time for the invitation. The songs, they're singing the invitation song. There begins to be a quiet, and uh, all at once, something happened. The preacher gives the invitation. And we knew that we should go. And Kenny, when we grabbed for the kid, they were gone. <laughs> they got wise to us. They took him out of the church. But that day when we came to the Lord Jesus Christ, there was a change in our lives. Now, it didn't take place on the Damascus Road. It took place on Spalding Road in a little house. But there was a change. Paul experiences a change. And he trembling and astonished said, Lord, what will thou have me to do? Right away he knew who it was that was speaking to him. He said, and he trembling and astonished said, Lord, That's the first step, folks, to recognize Jesus Christ as Lord. For He's the King of kings and Lord of lords. He said, Lord, what wilt thou have me?
to do. In verse 7, it said, And the men which journeyed with him stood speechless, hearing a voice, and seeing no man. In verse 8, And Saul arose from the earth, and when his eyes were opened, he saw no man, but they led him by the hand and brought him unto Damascus. And there was a certain dis disciple of Damascus named Ananias. <laughs> and the Lord is beginning to talk to Ananias, says, Ananias, I want you to go down to the street called Straight and into the house of one called uh, Simon the Tanner. I want you to pray for there's a man named Saul there. There's a man there who, who is seeking and needs help, and I want you to go pray for him. And in verse 13, Ananias answered and said, Lord, <laughs> I, have I have heard of many of this man, how much evil he hath done unto the saints at Jerusalem. See, Saul's an evil man. He was a feared man. He, 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 he done so much evil, Ananias says. And we're skipping on down to verse, verse, uh, verse 15. He says, the Lord speaks to Ananias and he said, Go thy way, for he is a chosen vessel unto me to bear my name before the Gentiles and the kings and children of Israel. Then was Saul certain days with the disciples which were at Damascus. He said, I want you to go. I want you to, he, 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 I, I'm going to show him what things he must suffer for me. And you see, what I'm trying to get at today, folks, God can change your life. Now this past year has been, uh, it's had its good points, but uh, the bad seems to have outweighed the good. But there's a brighter day coming. And as we step out into a new year and we step forward and we go into 2021, I would pray that you'd go into 2021 as a Christian. That you could leave 2020 behind you. And you could be a new person. We find later in here, Saul's name is changed to Paul, the apostle. And we, you know, we, every time we refer to we, we preach about this. We, when we're talking about Saul, we still refer to him as Paul, but his name was changed to Paul. And you see, when you become a child of God, you're a new person. If God could change Jim Hartman, he can change you. If God could miraculously, on the Damascus road, changed this man, Saul, who was a persecutor of the church, uh, an, an evil man, he can change you. And I say this, of course, you know, this, this is just kind of far-fetched out here, but you see, <laughs> I, I look at it this way. Paul here, when he saved Kenny, he's entering into a new life. 
I don't know the, the date and the year and the time change and whether the year is moving forward or what, but I know that he stepped out into his year has changed. It became new. The scripture said, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. All things become new. All things are passed away and all things become new. Verse 15, the Lord says, go thy way, for he is a chosen vessel unto me to bear my name before the Gentiles and kings and the children of Israel. Hmm? I had no idea, Kenny, that God would ever be able to use me. A mean and wretched and stubborn and ignorant and unlearned man. But God could ever use me in any way, shape, or form. But I found that God has a plan for each of our lives. And all of us, those of us who are sitting right here in this little group in this congregation here, here at the church, God had a plan for your life. <laughs> Whether you stepped out into it and fulfilled it, that's between you and God. But what a change he made in Saul. I know what a change he made in me. Then Saul was, then was Saul certain days with the, with the disciples which were at Damascus. And in verse 20, and straightway he preached Christ in the synagogues that he is the Son of God. How many times have you heard people say, well, Jesus was the Son of God? Huh? How many times have you said, Jesus was the Son of God? I got news for you. He is the Son of God. And he's seated right now at the right hand of his Father, God Almighty, on his throne, Make an intercession for you and I. You see, God is able to change our lives. That's why I came to this, my little verse I opened with in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 6 and 7. I got here in my notes, but I opened with this verse, verse 6. Now Paul says, For though I would desire to glory, I shall not be a fool. For I know to this day I'm nothing within myself. Nothing. But I am what I am by what mark? The grace of God. For it's by His grace I was saved through faith. Hmm? And by His grace, He called me into the ministry. I didn't ask. Man, did you, did you ask to be a preacher, Mark? No. no, no. Kenny, did you ask God to make you a preacher? Never asked for it. But God chose me. I don't know why. I know here's a man, uh, a far better pastor than Jim ever thought about being. Sitting right here on my right side over here, Brother Kenny, I'm proud of you, brother. Mark is so much smarter and so much, has so much knowledge of God and God uses you 
so much better than he can use Jim. But you see, I am what I am by the grace of God. Paul said, I shall not be a fool. I have nothing to glory in. And I'll not make a fool of myself either. I'm just what God would have me do. So I struggled with this message. I thought, God, how? I mean, this is not the kind of message you preach on uh, uh, the Sunday after your son's birth and the Sunday be before you step out into the new year. This is, this is no. I'm sorry, God. Whatever you say, that I'll do. I determined a long time ago. I made a terrible mistake one time when I tried to change my message that God had given me and. James, I got up and I fell flat on my face because I didn't think it fit the need. I don't know what the need is today, but God does. And I don't know what the future holds for you today. And as we will soon step out in the new year, I don't know what the future is for the new year. But this one thing I do know, I know that God Almighty holds the future. Let me move on. For though I would desire the glory, I shall not be a fool, for I say the truth, but now I forbear, lest any man should think of me above that which he seeth me to be. And that's one thing I truly don't want anybody to think any more of me than what you see. Some of you will look at me and say, well, what a failure. Some look at me and say, boy, look, what a dummy. But I don't want you to think any more of me than what you see. Uh, I say, I will, I see. At least any man should exalt me above measure. Um, let me get back to this. For though I would desire to glory, I shall not be a fool. For I will say the truth, but now I forbear. At least any man should think of me above that which he seeth me to be. Here, what you see, that's what I am. And that he heareth of me. <laughs> you know, I, I work with a, some pretty rough kids sometimes on my job. And uh, I have been able, though I'm not allowed to share scriptures, but I've been able to try to what they see in me gives them a, a, a desire to improve, to get better. You know? Not seeing me, but seeing my life and my relationship with God. You see that they might see that. And, but uh, what they hear of me. And I, and I told those boys when I first took over, man, it was terrible. I mean, these fellows would get right in my face, nose to nose, and cuss me, and scream at me and holler at me and now, now today everything is just a calm. A calm. But I told those boys that started out, I said, now fellas, you, you can stand there and yell at me and call me all kinds of names and this and that and you can say all manner of things there is to say about me but you're not going to say anything that hasn't already been said. <laughs> you're not going to make any accusations that haven't already been made. But I still stand to stay I'm still here. But Paul said, For though I would desire to glory, I shall not be a fool. I will, I will say the truth, but now 
I forbear lest any man should think of me above that which he seeth me to be, or heareth, or that he heareth of me. Then in verse 7 he says, And lest I should be exalted above measure, through the abundance of the revelation there was given unto me a thorn in the flesh, a messenger of Satan, to buffet me. Any of you ever experienced that? If you've been a child of God at any time at all, you've experienced that. To buffet me. And uh, a messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I should be exalted above measure. I have nothing. The only one that needs to be exalted is the Lord Jesus Christ. Exalt his name. Stay humble before God, and the more humble you'll stay before Him, the more He's able to use you. For this thing I besought the Lord thrice, and He said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Paul says, Most gladly, therefore, I'd rather glory in mine infirmities that the power of Christ might rest upon me. So here I am today just to bring you this message about two men whose lives have been changed through the power of Almighty God and a relationship with Christ. And I'll be closing here in just a couple moments with just a couple more verses. And Paul says in Romans chapter 1, verses 15 and 16, For as much as in me is, I am ready to preach the gospel to you that are at Rome also. And here's the key thing, folks. Here's the key thing. You've been born again of the Spirit of God. Jesus Christ abides, abides in your heart and life. He will lead you and guide you and as you step out into this new year that's, that's out there awaiting us and who knows what it holds, none of us. But God does. Okay? Here's the key thing. He said, for I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth. To the Jew first. And also to the Greek. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For it is the power of God unto salvation to every man. Every one of us here that's gathered in the church today, we've been saved, we've been born again. At least I trust that to be true with you. And I don't know your heart. But there's two people who do. Two. And both of them are present here today. You yourself. You know where you stand with God. And the Holy Spirit is here with us in this place. And He knows your heart. He knows where you stand. And if there needs to be some things done in your life, 
You need to do them now. Those who may be watching their service by way of Facebook and, and put on the internet, those of you that may be watching their service, you, you may need a change in your life. Today's the day for that to be real to you. And it doesn't matter. See, there may be somebody here, like I say, I don't know your heart. That's between you and God. But there's something you need to repent of or something you need to pray about. You should be making your way to an altar. But for those of you that are watching, you might say, well, the Holy Spirit has dealt with me and I realize that I need to do something. What do I do? Wherever you are, wherever you are, humble yourself before the Lord Jesus Christ. Repent of your sin. Ask God to forgive you of your sin and repent. See, when God forgives you, <laughs> then you have to repent, you know. You, you that repent means to turn from it. Well, when God forgave you of your sin, He expected you to turn from it. That's what the repentance part is. God speaks to your heart. You need to repent, and you don't have to be in church. You can be on a street corner, you can be at your home, you can be in your automobile, wherever you're ready to humble yourself before God and accept Him. That's when it will become a reality to you. And if there may be some that's backslidden, that I once knew God and I've drifted so far away from Him, let me urge you to come back to God. Come back to Him. Come back to Him.